Hi, my name is Larry Vold, and I serve as one of the pastors here at Three Crosses. And today I want to talk to you about how you are a soul. Wait, what? Many people assume they have a soul, but did you know the Bible teaches that we are souls? The Hebrew word for soul is nephesh. Now we find this word in Genesis 2, where we read, quote, the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living nephesh. That's Genesis 2, 7. Modern translations often use the English word being when translating the Hebrew word nephesh. The simple and at the same time very complex idea of nephesh is to communicate the essence of the life that God gives to us. It represents the totality of our being. In the greatest and most recited prayer found in the Old Testament, God's covenant people were to pray this way, quote, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, that's nephesh, and with all your strength, Deuteronomy 6, 4 and 5. In other words, God's people were reminded to love God with every aspect of their being. Nothing was to be excluded. Now, the New Testament Greek word for soul is suke, from which we get psyche. Often, when referring to psyche, there's an inference of consciousness. It's a little mysterious, and even secular scholars have a hard time identifying what the central characteristic of living consciousness is. Almost everyone believes that we are made up of more than physical matter. But what exactly is that immaterial part of us? Soul and spirit are two words that give us insight. As a living soul, we recognize that our existence has come from God himself. In the most natural way, every human being has a built-in, God-given understanding that they are more than mere flesh and blood. The ability to make choices, reason, build intellectual argumentation, feel happy, sad, or other emotions are what give us a little insight into what it means to bear God's image because these things are true of him and not at least in the fullest sense, true of the animal world. We realize that we are not products of billions of mutations that come out of some primordial soup of amino acids that, through some cosmic spark, eventually produce life forms that millions of years later resulted in a human body. In fact, contrary to many intellectuals who reject any notion of a God who has created and made himself known to his creation, the Bible simply declares, quote, The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness, since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that men are without excuse. End quote. That's Romans 1, 18 through 20. You see, no one will stand before God one day and be able to say, I had no idea you were real. I can only imagine the rude awakening this will be for some people. The fact of the matter is that refusing to acknowledge and surrender to God makes us vulnerable to either create or embrace lies about our origin. Yet, 
Every human being is a soul and will one day stand before God to give an account for his or her life, even if they spent the majority of their lives trying not to believe. And because our first earthly parents sinned against God and brought about God's judgment by causing sin to be passed down to each succeeding generation, we too fall under the curse of sin. We are all culpable. We can't blame our first earthly parents because we would have done the same. Apart from God's gracious intervention through the sacrificial death and subsequent resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ, and placing our faith in him, our death would result in certain eternal separation from God. Now, the other word that is important for our understanding of the spiritual dimension is spirit. This word is often confused with the word soul because sometimes in scripture, these two words are used interchangeably but they are also used at times to show they are different. For example, Paul writes, and I quote, May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Clearly, the great apostle Paul viewed these three distinctive parts of our existence, spirit, soul, and body. A clear difference between the two more nuanced words, spirit and soul, is that in the purest sense, souls describe every human being, while spirit seems to be what connects a person's immaterial self to God. Put another way, our soul simply identifies us as a human being, while our spirit identifies our true standing with God. The judgment that fell on every soul since Adam and Eve's sin in the garden results in the painful reality that every person who does not belong to God through having placed faith in Jesus is spiritually dead. The spirit within can only be made alive through the regenerating work of God's spirit. That's Titus 3.5 and Ephesians 2 verses 4 and 5. This, of course, is the greatest of all miracles, to be raised to life through the agency of God's Holy Spirit while still in the body. The same God who spoke the universe into existence through supernatural means also brings life to dead spirits through the light of the gospel. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6, and also 1 Peter 4, verse 6. Our spirit is the immaterial part of our being. If our spirit is made alive, we live even if our physical body dies. In the moment we are made alive, we become the very temple of God, 1 Corinthians 6.19, as our spirit communes and fellowships with God's spirit who lives within us. Amazing! To adequately explain and defend all of what is true about our soul spirit is a little too much for what we have time to do here. Nevertheless, the overall teaching of Scripture is that even when our body is dead, and by the way, all souls will die unless Jesus returns first, when we belong to God, our spirit is still very much alive and will remain alive forever, even in death. When followers of Jesus Christ die, they instantly go into the presence of the Lord, 2 Corinthians 5.8. And this is what Jesus promised to Lazarus' sisters. Remember, he said, and I quote, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. End quote. That's John eleven twenty five. Jesus proved his claim by calling Lazarus from the grave. What a moment in history that had to have been. Of course, even greater was Jesus' own resurrection. 
Through Christ's resurrection, we have the guarantee of his enabling power to live a new life, according to Romans 6, verse 4, and to live that life now with the promise of living even after our souls, our nephesh, dies. At the return of Christ, those who in this life rejected God's gift of salvation will be resurrected to receive bodies that will endure eternity apart from God in a place the Bible calls hell. Contrary to popular opinion, no one is in hell yet, as hell is not populated by the unregenerate until Satan himself and all his demonic forces are judged first and then cast into it. That's according to Matthew 25, 41, and Revelation 20, verses 11 through 15. Then all unbelievers will follow. This truth deserves our most earnest concern and love for sharing the gospel now with those who are unsaved. You are a soul, a living human being, your very life given to you by God. And you possess a spirit and it's either dead or alive. If it's dead, you have yet to experience the fullness of living as an image bearer of our Creator God. Until or unless you place your faith in Jesus Christ, admitting your need for forgiveness from sin, and earnestly respond to His grace through following Him in your life, the image of God cannot be fully displayed. But once this occurs, by the miraculous power of God's Spirit, you are made alive and from that moment on, a clearer and more compelling image of the living God can be seen through your life. Hallelujah. You are a soul, and as a believer in Christ, your spirit is alive.